Welcome to the Sober Yoga Girl podcast with Alex McRobbs, international yoga teacher and sober coach. I broke up with booze for good in 2019, and now I'm here to help others do the same. You're not alone, and a sober life can be fun and fulfilling. Let me show you how. All right. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Sober Yoga Girl. I am really excited to have Leanne with me here today. And we have been connected on social media for like ever. And it's the first time we're finally meeting on Zoom, which is really cool. And Leanne is based in the UK and she is a writer. She is a mother and she is a passionate advocate about sobriety. So I think she's a great guest to have on. And I'm really excited to hear your story. Oh, hi, Alex. Thank you for having me. As you say, it's really exciting to finally meet because I feel like we have been friends for quite a long time now. So thank you so much for having me on so I can share my my knowledge on my, my journey. Yeah, thanks for being on. So I was wondering if you could start us off with telling a bit more about yourself. So I know you're a mother and you're a writer. Tell me more about that. Okay, so I became a mother. My daughter is now five. I was in a complete different occupation uh, before I had my daughter. I actually was running a bar with my friend. We had a bar together. Very change of uh, history now. Um, But my daughter was born with uh, serious complex health conditions and, and, and like complex needs. So I really had to change literally everything what I did. I'm a single mom, so I had to juggle, you know, weeks and months in hospital with working as well. And I'd always written, um, I'd always, you know, been really passionate about it. But I thought, right, I'm going to actually give this a good go because it's realistically the only thing that fits around my child. And, um, you know, I just... I've got really lucky with it, to be, to be honest, you know, I've got a couple of books coming out next year and, you know, it is hard work and determination, but I kind of feel it's a lot of luck as well. I've just kind of all drifted into the direction that I was meant to be. And I'm doing lots of work now within the sober community, I have a website myself. I'm doing lots of events and lots of sort of talks and programs on sobriety. I am not an expert and I will always say this, but I think, and I've, it has gone to show that, you know, sharing your journey can help other people as well. So that's, that's really it about me. I just sit at home writing books really and mothering, which is just a joy. You know, I never thought I'd be a mother. Wasn't something that, you know, I wanted in my life really, if I'm honest, I, I just was so, you know, selfish really you know I didn't see having a kid I just was a you know a 30 something woman enjoying herself on the party scene but um it's the best thing that's ever happened to me so there we go so tell me about your drinking then like when did you start drinking so this is also so it kind of goes hand in hand when I had I've always I'm not gonna lie you know from 11 13 whenever I could access alcohol you know drinking was a big part of my life mm-hmm. you know and then I got into my teenagers and you know drinking was then boring so then drugs came in and I've always been known and my friends will say this about me I was the party girl I was you know I would create the party I would start another party it was just all about party so Drinking for me has been prevalent throughout my whole life, unfortunately, but it all sort of sobriety came to a head. Um, After my daughter was born, it was, I almost lost her. It was a really trying time. I was seeing things in hospital that just, 
you know, my mental health was shot. I um, had a mental health breakdown. I was diagnosed wow. with PTSD, anxiety, depression. You know, I wasn't able to eat. I couldn't, you know, I'd get out of bed to dress my daughter, but I, I wasn't functioning as a human being. I didn't get sectioned. I was very close to it. There were discussions about it, whether I was going to actually section myself. And I just got lots of help and lots of counselling. But at this time, I was still drinking. And it wasn't in the day. And this is where people, you know, I class myself as a functioning alcoholic because I'd get up, I'd be super mom in the day. You know, my house is all clean. I'd do the food shop. My daughter is very well looked after. Put her to bed and I'd be doing two or three bottles of wine a night to cope with the you know, the trauma of what we were having to go through and what we face in the future, which is, you know, quite terrifying by anyone's means. But um, I was kind of sort of lying about it to people. I wouldn't, you know, if people came around to the house, I wouldn't drink in front of them, I'd do it and then left. You know, it became this really sneaky, secretive thing. And even when I first got sober, I would always say to people, uh, yeah, I just drink a little bit too much. I'm not an alcoholic. I don't have a drink problem. You know, I was always really right. defensive. But, you know, 509 days later, I do identify as a functioning alcoholic. And, you know, it's not something that I'm proud of, but I am proud of my sobriety and recognising the fact that I needed help. So really, drinking has always been, I've got a very addictive personality, whether it be a drink, drugs, people, relationships, um, exercise, food. I've always had this thing within me that has got this, you know, addict, addict, addict. So I shift. But now I'm, you know, not like yoga for me. I'm very addicted to that. I'm addicted to running. I'm addicted to sobriety. So I'm still an addict. My, My addictions have just shifted. So there wasn't really a pinpoint when the drinking started because it's always been there. But, you know, I think it came to a head when I realised, you know, there was a day while I was in recovery for my mental health. You know, I sat down, I wrote my goodbye letter to my daughter, you know, of saying that I and she was better off without me being on this earth and and not being part of her because I was such a failure. And uh, that night I was found by a friend and I wouldn't be sitting here today if that friend hadn't found me. So that, that was it then. That was, you know, it, it wasn't, I wouldn't want to say it was a cry for help because I did want to end my life that day. I did want everything to end. But that's when it was, when I spoke to counsellors, it was like, you know, everyone, everything was alcohol, alcohol, alcohol. You know, drugs didn't really, weren't a part of my life anymore since I've had my daughter. And I'm very glad about that. But alcohol, you know, got to the most extreme and, you know, what it was doing to my mental health. I mean, everyone understands that like you drink, you get a hangover, or sometimes you can get a bit sad because you've drunk too much and cry. But detrimentally, what it was doing to my, and what it's done over the past 20 years of my life, it's not healed trauma, it's caused more trauma. And I think it's, um, I think that's why I'm so interested in getting it put into education, you know, talks about alcoholism and drugs, because it's not just the day after you've drank, you know, it can be months after, it can lead you to a life of 
you know, hiding away the shame, the guilt, you know, you can't connect with anyone. People ask me if I've lost friends going sober. You know, I have lost some of my old friends that I used to party with, but I've made so many more connections and more friends and, you know, people that I wouldn't even dream of sending an email to, to, to start connecting with people. It's, it's kind of a bit mad. So that was pinpoint of when I started getting help and you know I started sobriety I had a couple of attempts and and failed because I wasn't ready I wasn't ready to admit to myself you know all I'd known for 24 years of drinking from the age of 11 was being drunk so what the hell am I going to do when that's taken out of my life. Um, so it, it took about six months. And then on the 25th of July, 2020 was the, the night before that was my last drink. And I've not touched one since. And I would really like to say, I will never touch one again, but I can't. But I can say that I want to never drink again. You know, I think you can't, you just never know what's going to happen in the future. But that's that's where we are. And um, I have to say, it's the best decision I have ever made. I, I look back at myself five years ago, who would look at me now thinking, oh, what are you doing? Why would you want to live that life? Yeah. You know? But um, me now thinks, you know, if, if I could tell my 18-year-old self what I knew now, my life may not be very different. I may be doing the same job, writing, creative and things like that. But I wouldn't have caused myself so much pain and distress during, you know, the meantime. And also people forget it's not just about the person that's recovering from alcoholism or addiction. It's the knock-on effect. It's, you know, yeah. what my friends have had to see, what my family have had to see, the worry that I've caused that you, you have to process when you're sobering up as well. And you have to forgive yourself for that, you know, because when you are in addiction, you just become this selfish human being. There is nothing else but your addiction and, and your want, you know, for yeah. people like me, I'd give everyone everything in the day. You know, my daughter would get fed well, dressed well, nice clothes, you know, going out and things like that. But at night time, you're going to bed at seven o'clock because that's when I'm having my wine. That, that, that's me, you know, and I was living for the days to pass as quickly as possible to hit seven o'clock. Yeah. But then seven o'clock became six o'clock, six o'clock became five o'clock. And then once my friend came around and was like, you do know it's 10 o'clock in the morning, you know, it just spirals. It just absolutely spirals. And I've had a life of spiraling and, um, Thank goodness I've managed to stop that that spiraling anymore. You know, I do have, I'm not going to lie, you know, there are days when I, I want to drink. You know, I, I'm in a world that is surrounded with alcohol and it's so accepted culturally and it's with, ingrained in us. I know what it does for me. I'm not a girl of moderation. I am not yeah. a girl. You know, if I have another drink, the likelihood is I will die because I know that I'll go on a binge. My body will go into shock. So it, it, it's weighing up, you know, where we stand. But I just, yeah, it's just something that I'm just so passionate about now. And, you know, as you know yourself, the power that you can gain from sobriety you know, I've never felt so confident. I used to drink to give me confidence because I was quite a shell of a human being. 
but my God, I've got real confidence now. It's not, yeah. oh, I've got a neck off half a bottle of vodka to approach someone to talk, you know. And obviously it's now logical confidence because it's within inside me. It's a power, it's a force that I have. It's something that I can use, not that I have to do something to gain it before. It's just now within me. Do you, am I making yeah, sense? I, don't know, I know what are. I'm trying to say, but um, yeah, it's just such a such a powerful powerful thing that I just sometimes I can't comprehend what sobriety brings to you as a as a person and and what you can get and the time you know the time that I wasted I don't I don't remember my 18th birthday my 21st my 30th or anything like that and now I'm remembering you know colors that I'm walking past the smell of the trees that I'm going past you know people that I see it, it's it's just mad. It's like I was, I said to somebody last night. It's like um, people that have got cataracts, and it's like you have your cataracts operation, and you can see properly again. It's like you put sobriety into your life, and you just it's like your vision is just clear, and it and everything makes sense. It's it's not easy, and you have your days where you want to give it all up, but you just play the tape forward and, and playing that forward, you know, you know, those days and it's always the day after you've struggled the most, you then have the most powerful day of sobriety. You're like, yes, that's why I got through yesterday because today I am a hero, you know, and, um, and it's, it's just so powerful. It just blows my mind. And, you know, I was classic sober shamer. I would say to people that would come out with me, oh, why aren't you drinking? Oh, why have you bothered to come out? Why, why aren't you doing that? It's boring. I used to feed people as well. You know, if people had no money to go out drinking, I used to pay for all their drinks so they could go out drinking with me. I've bought people grams of cocaine before, so they stayed out partying with me. So I felt better about myself. Yeah. You know, and, and it's, it's only looking back when you think, what a horrible human being I was, you know, but without thought or, you know, actively wanting to be malicious, but you're just constantly feeding your addiction. You're just constantly feeding it in, in different ways and manipulating situations to make your surroundings acceptable. You know, it's mm -hmm. a, it's a crazy world. It is a crazy world. Totally. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Thank you so much for sharing all of that and being so vulnerable and open. And it really is so inspiring to hear like how much you went through and the way that you've been able to, to turn, to change your life, to transform your life and, and now to share about it and inspire others. Like it's just, it's, um, it's incredible. I, in in sobriety, you do, you know, I never thought if I took one thing out of my life, my whole life would get better, which essentially it is. There are things I have to do to maintain my sobriety. You know, I can't just think, oh, okay, I'm sober, I'm safe, I'm comfortable. Right. You, you, I get up every day and sobriety is a choice, you know, and I have to get up and I have to do sometimes I have to, I have a glance at sobriety. Sometimes I have to have a full-on fist fight, you know, but it's it's there and I have to take it and it's a choice that I've made and one that I continue. And I just, you know, to anyone out there wanting to try it, it's so rewarding. If I could give you five gold stars to say, this is what you get at the end of it, but it's not like that. It's, 
it does change your life. It changes your mindset. It changes the people around you. You know, I've gone from this girl that was just scrabbling around to get up to have her next drink or wait till the Coke run started to deliver Coke, to waking up every day, to doing small steps, to changing things in the world, to helping people. You know, I have this, not only a purpose for what I went through, but a purpose of the one that I want for other people is probably now more than I want for myself. It's, it's projected power, you know, and I think just, it's something that I can't explain to people about sobriety. It is a superpower. You know, if you, you, you get this cape and you put it on and you get to be this person every day, you know, I didn't know myself for however many years. Like, and it's so wonderful now that I'm getting to know who I am. I'm getting to know, you know, I've dogged myself for years because I was a terrible person, did all these terrible things and was just drunk all the time. But actually, there's so much good within inside me and there's so many things that I like about myself. And I'm, you know, I'm, I am 38 now and it's, it's mad just finding out about yourself, but it's so interesting. But I'm 38. I could have been 78 and starting my sober journey, you know. I just, it's never too late. It's never too late. I just wish... But done it a lot earlier. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the interesting thing about sobriety. Hey, I've had so many people say to me, so I quit drinking when I was 27. And almost everyone that hears that, their response is, I wish I quit drinking when I was your age. It's so amazing that you quit so young. And I think that really says something about exactly what you said about sobriety being a superpower. And you worry so much about what you're losing, but there's no one ever. I've never met anyone that regrets giving up drinking alcohol ever. There's so many people that, you know, I think once you pass the first little bit, which is the hardest because you're like, now, if I wanted to drink, you know, all that hard work I put in, but it's when you've done two or three days or you've done a week, you think, oh, it's only a week. It's, you know, it, it doesn't matter. But, um, you know, just doing it and doing it as soon as you think. I mean, what I say to people as well, you don't have to have a rock bottom. You don't have to become an alcoholic to change your relationship with drinking. You know, it's more to the point of why you're drinking. Is it an escape? Is it to build confidence? Is it because you see nothing else in your life? You know, it's it's highlighting for other people. You know, I know that not everyone in the world wants to go sober. And honestly, if I could have one glass of wine once a week on a Wednesday and, and be okay with that, I'd probably do that. But as I said before, I can't. But I think it's more about people recognising what their drinking patterns are you know are they a gray area drinker are they drinking socially but socially for confidence are they heavy drinking are they drinking for trauma um and i think a lot of people ignore that or sober shame or you know don't have conversations because they're hiding their own you know drinking issues as well but i'll say it to anyone any single person whether you don't think you you have a drink problem or not have a look while you're drinking Mm -hmm. it's very interesting to strip it back and you know if any of my friends are listening to this i've looked at their lives and i've sort of stripped them back and thought well why are they drinking you know what is it that makes them want to drink because I've gone 360 on this. I don't really understand now why people drink. 
Whereas I never understood why people didn't drink. Yes. I now don't understand, you know, because I've looked into the chemical makeup of it. You know, I've looked into the fact that we are we are drinking poison and, you know, what it does to you and the chemicals within it and the chemical imbalance that it can put into your body as well. It's just absolutely mind-blowing. Sorry, I've gone off on a bit of a tangent there, Alex. I will, uh, will stop. No, but it's so true. And I completely agree with you on that. I've had that exact same pivot where I am just like, why would anyone want to do this? Right? Because as you said, like sober is a superpower and it's so transformative and it's only good things that come from it. Right? So why would we, why would we put this chemical into our body if we can you know, wake up hangover free and happy and not be anxious about what we did the night before, right? For me, it just doesn't seem like uh, a question. The, the other day I was really sick. I had like, I was being sick and all sorts. I caught a bug and I was just thinking to myself, I used to do this at least four or five times a week, but I did it to myself. You know, it, it just, you know, having to know that I've got to put a cold press on my head or I've got to put a bucket next to my bed because I'm going to vomit or getting water before you go to bed, calling in sick to work. Why would you do that to yourself for just, but it does, it it does take time for you to get your head around sobriety. But then I think most people are like us. We we question everything after of why then people do do it. You know, as soon as someone says to me, well, why don't you drink? One of my questions is always, why do you drink? you know it's a conversation starter or stopper take it what you will but it does uh does have the effect effective desire for sure (laughs) and you know in your story what really resonated with me is I had a really similar experience in that I was going through a mental health crisis and I received treatment for it but I was continuing to drink alcohol at the time And it was only two years after that I got sober. And I look back on that whole journey and I'm like, you know, the treatment, the medication that I was given probably wasn't working properly because I was constantly consuming alcohol, right? Which is affecting the meds. And I just think it's so interesting how, you know, mental health is becoming one of the biggest issues in our world right now. And I feel like the link is not being made between consuming alcohol and how much yeah and how much it affects your mood especially with covid times as well you know people i think i read somewhere the other day there was a 60 percent rise in drinking in the uk alone wow and what people have to understand is you know we are working from home living from home yeah a lot of us you know i do have a child but you know i'm single i don't have a partner you know can you just imagine just drinking day in, day out, having no communication with the outside world in a terrible, frightfully worrying time anyway, you know, mental health that, you know, our departments here with the NHS are just so struggling at the minute. But you've got a report on the mental health NHS side of struggling and reports about alcohol. And as you say, the two are not being linked, but they go hand hand in hand together they have actually put something in in the UK, you know, to lower some prices of alcohol. And it's like, what wow. What are you doing? You know, more people have died with 
drug and alcohol related illnesses and people have died in COVID in the last two years. But we're not talking about that. We're not having breaking news every night saying, you know, stop drinking, stop taking drugs because it's killing us. You know, we're just, I suppose it's like a hypodermic needle as well. We're fed, you know, and, and alcohol is all about money. You know, so much money is to be made in alcohol. Are they really yeah. going to stop it? Are people really going to take it seriously? Do people really care? They're lining their pockets. And it's, and it's criminal. It's absolutely criminal to the point where... But this is why there's people like us, Alex, because we will shout and shout and shout and highlight all these issues. But we yeah. have a massive problem over here at the minute, a massive problem with people are drinking more. And as you know, Brits are quite heavy drinkers. Yeah, it's, it's part of our culture, the pub, you know, it's, it's a very English thing to do. But also the mental health crisis that we have, you know, there are reports daily on people not getting treatment and then they've been found, ended their lives, you know, but there's no connection to obviously alcohol or the, the pressure from alcohol abuse in England on the NHS as well is just, you know, terrifying and these people need help but they also need mental health help it's like we're treating alcoholism but we're not treating the root of it it's like i don't know stitching a cut back up but only half stitching it why would you do that the other side is still going to bleed out there's always a reason behind people's drinking you know so We need to address mental health, we need to address drinking, but we also need to address them together. And over here, Alcohol UK, Change UK, they are really, really highlighting the fact that mental health and alcohol really go together. But, you know, I know, for instance, the sober community, since I even started getting sober, it's got so much bigger and I feel so much powerful. It has. we have still got, unfortunately, and, it, and it's really sad, we've still got so far to go, you know, it's, and I don't even yeah. think in my lifetime, will will we have changed things considerably in my lifetime? I really hope we do, but we just have to see, won't we? We just have yeah. to see. Yeah. I mean, I definitely didn't think that we would have as much momentum as we did and like in the ne- in the few years since I've been sober until the pandemic happened. And I feel like we're gaining so much traction and momentum around it. So I hope as well, like it's my dream that when I have children, that they are not raised around the same culture of booze that I was. I'm- yeah, so it, we, we have a, tr- like, so my daughter, because of her health complications, she can't ever drink, mm-hmm. you know, and I want her to grow up in a world of, you know, that, that's completely acceptable. It's yeah. like, people don't have an issue if you don't smoke. And I find that so odd, you know, you don't smoke, that's fine. You don't drink, like, why? You know, I just, it is about the, the generation. And I think what's really nice is a lot of, I think I was reading a report the other day, eight, between 18 and 24 year olds in this country have really started to look after themselves, have really delved yeah. into mindset and health. And, you know, and hearing, I was speaking to a 19 year old the other day, she was like, I've had a few drinks, but it's just not my thing. I never want to drink again. I was like, wow, this is amazing. Like you will love your life for not doing this. But it was just so refreshing to hear. So on the days where I'm like, is anyone listening? 
you know, things are still happening. So I think we've just got to keep going. But, you know, we've got to go to governments, we've got to go to MPs, we've got to go to leaders of the world. You know, we've got to get something put in place. It's just, it's relentless, isn't it, Alex? It's just mm-hmm. relentless. I 100% agree with you. Yeah. And I think even just us sharing our stories and getting out there and doing podcasts like this and, you know, you sharing everything that you do on Instagram, it's an amazing step forward because I think for so long it was like, you know, it was anonymous. Like people were not out there with their stories and the stories need to be told for movement to happen. Just before I came on this podcast, I actually put a post out saying to people, if we go silent, how many people won't start their journeys? Yeah. How, how many people won't speak up? You know, I get, I had over 500 emails last week of people saying, you know, thank you for being inspiring or thank you for talking because I've actually made this step. Like one person went to AA, one person did wow. this, one person did that. Would they have done that if they hadn't have heard, you know, things that we're saying? I, I doubt it because people, when, you know, you're in this drinking binge stage where you've got no confidence and you know no one else like you you think you're the only person in the world but if you put on your phone start scrolling and see like there's thousands of people around the world like you yeah that have probably done you know worse things than you as well you're gonna say okay th- this is okay I can do this if you can then start meeting people you know you you, you do lose, lose your friends that you you go out raving with or whatever but you get a whole set of new friends that you can do lovely other things with like yoga retreats or still go raving, just not drinking. Yeah. You know, it's, um, it's really important. I think it's so important what we're doing. And if we're silent, other people will be silent and people are dying in silence and that's what we need to stop. We need to keep talking. Yeah, that's so true. And so tell me more about what kind of work you're doing in the sober world. So um, I have, I've written a book, uh, it's out next year, it's about sobriety, uh, it's called From Cocaine to Rice Cakes. Um, Amazing. <laughs> and it's, you know, I will be honest, if I could give people a footprint of how I got sober and give it to you and do it, I would give, I'd personally print them all off and post it through every single door in the world but I can't. But what I've done is I've shared my sobriety story, how I got to getting sober, you know, times in my life where I could have got sober, but the realization just wasn't there. Um, and a little bit about how life has changed being sober and a little about the plan for the sober future as well. So I've got that coming out. I've got a website where I just constantly blog, um, about sobriety, about topics, mainly mental health as well. I'm doing a lot of podcasts at the minute, a lot of interviews talking about sobriety. I've done a couple of sobriety events as well, just getting people together. Amazing. And I saw all that. All sorts of connected. Um, I'm working alongside quite a few alcohol-free brands as well. That's very exciting. And I have to say, coming from the bar industry myself, Alcohol-free brands are lovely to work with, whereas before it wasn't quite uh, wasn't quite like that. Um, so just really banging the drum. I've made a lot of connections. Um, there's lots of stuff coming in January. I'm going to do coffee chats where people can log in once a week, and we all just talk. You can be seen 
or you can hide your face on Zoom, but it's an open forum, not just for women, for men as well, because this is the other thing that I want to shout about, Phil, that men do get a hard harder stick of time and yeah. they don't speak up as much as the girlies as well so this is really a platform for everyone just to come together and you know talk about sobriety even even for sober curious people people just wanting to hear people's stories um but yeah there's just honestly for the last 24 hours all i've talked about is sobriety and it's just, it's just madness it's just madness but if we keep talking the world will change hopefully but um yeah there's 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 big plans i'd like to say you know i want to take events on a on a bigger scale um mm-hmm. do workshops and and things like that but yeah, that, that's where I'm going. But I, my mind gets carried away now because I've got time to think because I'm not yeah. so hungover all the time. I can actually, but anything that I think it's mad because anything that I've said to myself since sobriety, right, I'm going to do this has happened. You know, mm-hmm. I'm going to write a book. It's happened. Mm-hmm. I'm going to write a TV series. It's happened. You know, I'm writing scripts for different apps online. It's happened, you know, it's incredible. It's, the power it's the power of sobriety you know I want to do this and I, and I will do it mm. yeah everyone I know has manifested the life of their dreams when they've yeah. gotten sober because you just got really clear on like what is my vision and you see any path to get there and that's the thing is like with writing a book I don't know about you but I wrote a memoir last year and I actually started that book a long time ago which I realized while writing it and I realized that I had actually, I had just given up, you know, I got five chapters in yeah. and then gave up because I was drinking. Right. And I just didn't have the yeah. time to devote to it. And then as soon as you're sober, it's like, you know, you have the time and the commitment and you're like, I want to get this, this done. And so I know like I never would have written it had I still been drinking. For me, like before I got sober, I'd have all these ideas. I'd start something yeah. and, then stop, and then I'd start something else. Like I, I started three businesses didn't even do a website or anything like that do you know what I mean I just start things because I'd be like oh because I've always had this focus and passion but I could just never get any further right just and it's all about self-worth as well I think one thing that you realize in sobriety is the self-love and self-worth that you have and I am worth this life and I can have it if I want it you know I think when you're just so repressed by alcohol or in addiction or you know living through trauma or not addressing mental health, you just can't see the bigger picture. You can't see past day-to-day things. Whereas now, my fight with alcohol can be day-to-day, but there is a bigger picture. There is where me and Darcy want to go on holiday next year. There is the house that I want to manifest to buy next year. There is the other book that's coming out. You know, there's there's so many more things because you're not living day-to-day you know, struggling through that day, you're planning the bigger picture. You're actually living your life. For me, sobriety is also quite an out-of-body experience. Like, especially in the start, I kept, it was like I was grieving myself. It was like I was saying goodbye to this sad human being that was so Mm traumatised. And it was that sort of disconnection of it, you know, disconnecting yourself from it and, and seeing the bigger picture and doing, you have to, do, as you know, Alex, you have to do so much work on yourself, healing, mindset, focus. Um, but in the end, it leads you to this, it's like a third dimension, isn't it? It's like this parallel world that we're, we're now in living and it's, yeah. it's just wonderful. It's just beautiful. Yeah, absolutely. 
So I have one more question for you. I'm wondering if you had any advice for someone that wants to quit drinking, what advice would you give them? Okay, so I always say this because this is where I stumbled and I wish that I'd found the sober community before I got sober because I think it's a really good tool. But I only know one person that quit drinking and is still not drinking from their first attempt. And I think there's a lot of pressure on yourself to when you do it, you've got to stick to it. All I say to people is if you if you want to go sober and you give it a go and then you find it yourself at the weekend drinking again, yeah. you have to forgive yourself. You can't linger on to it because you'll linger on to it and then you'll get drunk the weekend after. You have to use everything that comes with sobriety as a lesson, be it good, bad or evil. It's all a lesson. And anything that you feel that you're failing in, I hate that word failure because no one's failing. It's turning it round and using it into power. So if you know that you drank because you're around certain people, you have to pull yourself away from those people. Yeah. If you drank because you had a bad day at work, what's going on at work that you don't like? You have to delve into everything and realise why you've gone back to drinking. But the point that I'm getting to here is if you do relapse, be it day two, two years, four years, you have to forgive yourself and use it as power to continually to move forward. Because if you don't, you'll just keep going round in the hamster wheel. And you'll never be able to get off. Um, and I think relapse is is such a big part of sobriety. Yeah. And people just give up because mm-hmm. they have relapsed. And I, and I just turn your relapse into power. And at the minute at Christmas, you know, I'm seeing so many day ones starting again. And, and it's so wonderful that they can feel so honest about it because they know they're not going to judge because no one in the sober community would do. But forgive yourself and push forward. And I know this time of year, everyone's sort of, well, we'll just start again on January. And it's just like, just start again now. Yeah. You know, don't wait till January. Just, just do it now. Also, uh, another little thing that I would also say is be honest with yourself. One thing that I wasn't at the start, as I said, I would always go, I don't have a drinking problem. I'm not an alcoholic. You know, be honest about your drinking. And honestly, once you are and you realise why you're drinking and your drinking patterns, it's when you're going to start dealing with it. Because until you're honest with yourself, you're you're always going to hide whatever you're doing, be it hiding, you know, someone that I know used to hide alcohol in the bins. So when he put the bins out, he could get trashed behind his wife's back. You know, it's just be honest with yourself. Forgive yourself for relapses and be honest is my key words of advice to anyone out there. Yeah. And I love that because I actually had a conversation about this in the last couple of days with a couple of people. And I love that whole idea of just whatever decision you make, it just needs to be the decision that is give you momentum to keep moving forward, you know? So we were talking about like saying it's day zero or just keeping going on from where you're at, calling it a blip. And it's like, whatever works for you, as long as it's in the direction of moving forward, as opposed to like you described, just being on that hamster wheel of like shame and guilt, right? Because it's part of the journey, right? I always say to people, there's no harm in standing still for a day. So you haven't gone backwards. Call it you're standing still for a day and then take a step forwards tomorrow. 
You know, I think you have to have your time to process what you're doing. As you say, is it a blip or have I gone back to just drinking and completely given up on myself again? It's like touching on the honesty of, you know, and I read in a book the other day that you re, you relapse mentally before you've even picked up a drink. You know you're going to do it before you've even poured or picked up and gone right. into that bar. So it is about the honesty in your head and and the mindset again. Everything's mindset, isn't it? But it's it just so is. It's just uh, so is back to all that. Yeah. Well, Leanne, thank you so much for taking the time oh, to be on the thank show. You for Honestly. Having me, Alex. It was such a pleasure to finally meet you and get to know you and hear your story and all the amazing things you have coming up. I cannot wait to read your book when it comes out. I think that's an amazing achievement. Thank you. I hope that one day we can do some yoga together, Alex. I really do. That's one of my, I'm going to manifest that. That's what yes. I'm Come yeah. to Bali for a sober yoga yeah. retreat. Yeah. Amazing. And I, if I can bring little miss, then that, that would be fine. Absolutely. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you, Leanne. Take care. Bye now. Bye. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of Sober Yoga Girl with Alex McRobbs. I am so, so grateful for every one of you. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss the next one and leave a review before you go. See you soon. Bye.